0: Hey everyone, I'm Mallory Rubin and I am thrilled to tell you that House of R has a new podcast feed. Joanna Robinson and I will now be with you twice a week with more of the deep dives you've come
1: to know and love on the Ringerverse. In addition to exploring all of your favorite nerd culture new releases, we'll have nostalgic revisitations, hype meters, Hall of Fame inductions, tropes courses, drafts, and more. All bad babies are welcome as we dive into Star Wars, Marvel, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, and
0: beyond. Follow the new House of R feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Gold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, shoes? WWE releases uh, have just begun. It's a dark Ah, day in the pro wrestling world. As of this recording, as of this recording, and we're going to keep tracking it as we go on, obviously. Mustafa Ali, Emma, Rick Boogs, Aliyah, Elias, Riddick Moss, Top Dalla, Shelton Benjamin, Dolph Ziggler have all been released. Some big names in there. My question for you is if you're Tony Khan, who's the first phone call you make?
3: Oh, man. I think Dolph is an easy one. I, uh, you know, his brother's over there, Ryan Nemeth. Think that's an easy call to make. Um, Shelton Benjamin as well. Uh, Mustafa Ali. I mean, I'm such a fan of Ali, man. This this blows. Ali is Ali is one of the guys that like I've really got my feet wet with. Like when I was doing 205 live stuff. And I, I I have such a bond with like the entire two hundred five live crew like the Gulak's the Alexanders Adam Pierce like all these guys like so it really does blow that he's out there but I think you know we've 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 grown to know that release day isn't necessarily the worst thing to happen in pro wrestling anymore now right like we live in a world where there's opportunity there's options there is you know so many things that you can do now. Where WWE isn't the only show in town, and you've used that platform for several years to, you know, make sure your stock goes up. Now, when you become a free agent, so it sucks in the in the interim that a lot of these people let go. But I mean, think about it. AEW just got a few big hits uh, recently, and now I'm sure they got some some money cleared off the books that they can go and call and, and sign some few people and, and give that place the jolts of energy that I, I talked about them needing on, on the last episode. So it's, it definitely sucks in the interim, but I mean, it it, it opens up the entire world of wrestling for everybody else. And it, it makes things exciting uh, as far as being a free agent. So, um, you know, it's, it's an ending for some, but it might be a new beginning for most. Like, Damn, even Elias as well. I mean, that's a guy who is just incredibly talented in the ring and doesn't get enough fantasy credit booking for legitimately him last teaching week. himself the damn guitar and getting over it that way. Mm-hmm. So uh, sucks today, but brighter things are on on the horizon for most of these people. I could I could promise that.
1: Yeah, I was fantasy booking Elias last week. That's how much I think of him. We're going to talk about all these folks. We're going to talk about Grand Slam. We're going to talk about WWE's new TV deal. We're going to talk about, uh, there's something else I'm forgetting. Anyway, this is a packed, packed show. And we got WWE superstar Tiffany Stratton in an interview at the end of the show. So stick around for that. Let's just get started. It's
3: tea time.
2: What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is
1: Roast Battle Season 1 champion Mike Lawrence.
2: Husky Steve Kazee. This is Trey
1: Kirby. This
3: is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks.
0: Hi,
2: this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I have shit I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... you're listening to... you're listening to... You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man the Show. Masked man the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Man Show.
1: Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. We got to get right into it, man. This Let's is a go. news-filled episode. Grand Slam was last night. We got some big matches to talk about. We got some sad injuries to talk about. Um, the releases we talked about in the opening, some big, big names that are no longer with WWE, and it looks like more is to come. NXT-specific uh, releases look like they're happening this afternoon or evening. Uh, it's going to be one of those dark days. Before any of this happened, I was texting with you guys saying, we got a lot to talk about today, and it was that's because WWE's new SmackDown deal got announced. Yes. SmackDown's going to the USA Network for $1.4 billion. billion. They, got that, they got that 40% raise they were they were talking about, so good on them for that. Um, there's gonna be a number of, it looks like four or more primetime NBC specials built into this, and uh, there have been conflicting reports about how this affects Monday Night Raw. I think the most compelling word that I've gotten is that it doesn't affect it at all, um, and that it may stay on USA or it may now be up for grabs because USA has already spent their piggy bank um regardless you know there have been rumors that it could move off of Mondays it go to a streaming platform who knows uh obviously that's what you know anything could happen means um but as it as it stands here's what we do know it's that smackdown's going to be on USA um i let's just say for a second that raw might move the NBC thing is big. I mean, I think NBC will probably see more and more value in pro wrestling product as as, as the years move on. Um, do you... Are you going to be heartbroken if Raw isn't on Mondays? Is like, is Monday, Friday now just set in stone for you? No. that's That's the wild part, right? Like, I'm...
3: I have been so conditioned for Monday Night Wrestling that, I, but I love football so much as well, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's been the one thing. I'm like, you know, this isn't the worst news because as, as much as I love WWE, man, you are not stopping the Shield. The Shield, and I'm not talking about Moxley, Ambrose, and Rollins, and Reigns, right? Like, the NFL Shield is an unstoppable machine, and, you know, if one of your flagship shows goes and competes with, Monday Night Football every single week. You're not. You're not going to win, right? Like, and you're not even seeing the most. Uh, you're not seeing the best return on investment, I would say. So it wouldn't necessarily shock me if they moved off of Mondays. I mean, they've they've owned Mondays for the past what 25 years, 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I'm all about some change. I'm all about uh, moving some things around, shaking things up a little bit, and uh, if raw became thursday night raw or tuesday night raw or saturday night raw like i wouldn't be mad at it i wouldn't be mad at it because you want to not it's not like it's the nba where you just never know when there's marquee matchups on you never know like monday nights and sunday afternoons are owned by those three letters nfl if you could move away around that especially moving in the direction the entire company is i think it would be the smart move in my opinion
1: I don't know. It's been on Monday night forever. It doesn't seem to have really damaged the brand that much or hurt the brand to be going head to head with them. I think that the biggest loss, if it weren't on Mondays, would be for the post pay per view nights. Like if they don't do, if they move Raw to say whatever Tuesday, they got to either with the Raw or with their NBCU deal with SmackDown. They should at least just have a maybe that's that's when the NBC shows should be run an NBC show the night after every big pay per view so that you can have the instant reaction. You can have the Raw after WrestleMania feel the Raw after after SummerSlam thing where like a big thing might happen. Um, and maybe part of this, you know, recalibration of the of, of the broadcast rights is gonna be figuring out how to get the biggest bang for their buck with some of those things. You can call your shot a little bit if you do that. But anyway, it, I would bet I would bet it's not gonna move. Whoever bids on this is bidding on the institution, unless it's unless it gets bought by the by ESPN or somebody with an actual vested interest in Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, Fox's whole thing, Fox's whole investment in SmackDown was to integrate the WWE into their sports universe. And well, they're not the host. I mean, they're not the the host of SmackDown anymore. So I don't know if you, that's considered that you would say it's a failure. But um, pro wrestling really is its own thing. You know, it's its own world, and we're not. You know, well, we'll see all this all this stuff shakes out. But it's interesting that these announcements are happening. I'm sure there's no coincidence big positive PR announcement and then, oh yeah, we're cutting a bunch of people. Um, let's run through some of the names of the people that got let go one more time. Um, Mustafa Ali, like you said, huge loss. They could never quite figure out what to do with him and I'm sure there's more than we know going on, you know, uh, but he was such an asset every time they got a shot, you know, and, and in his last run NXT I thought has been particularly revelatory. He's such a good worker in the ring Um, and I think he'll be an easy fit wherever he goes next. I think AEW would be an incredibly good landing spot for him. Um, But we will see. Um, Elias, like I said, I mean, I'm such a huge fan of him. Uh, He just had so much charisma and it factor and, 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 you know, gimmick aside, I think he could do just about anything. So, I mean, not exactly a five-star in ring worker but that's that's you know never been a necessity especially in WWE um so yeah i, I it'll be it, that one will be one to watch for me because he's theoretically a really big name also um we should say cuz this might be the biggest news of the day that that he in his farewell tweet actually admitted that he had been playing Ezekiel the whole time, too. No, what? Nuh uh. Maybe that's part of the story. Maybe when they, when maybe WWE found out and that, that's what led to his release because that's, you know, got to break all kinds of uh, uh, bylaws. Um, I mean, that's uh, got to
3: be some sort of illegal activity. You know what I mean? He can't be taking two contracts for one. I mean, I, I've seen them, I saw them together. There's no way that they were.
1: There was a photo, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Wow. Anyway, uh, who else? Riddick Moss another guy who just like... Riddick Moss, I mean, they could just never figure him out. As far as... I mean, this might be the biggest... Separate from the release, this might be the biggest like upside to lack of production, lack of investment that you could possibly imagine. Because they knew he was great. Everybody knew he was great. And they just couldn't find a freaking thing for him to do. So not terribly shot... I mean... I will say, before we get to a couple more names, at least in WWE, it feels like creatively they had their act together a little bit more than in release cycles past, because it's not like anybody on this list is a particular shock. Now, there are some shocks that we're about to mention, but not because of their screen time. Ali was scheduled to wrestle Dom for the North American Championship uh, at No Mercy next week, which is kind of a WTF thing, but it seems like they're going to just slide this dragon figure out a way to work this dragon leaf feud into that and it'll make just as much sense um and Ali was probably making a lot of money to be on the NXT roster you know I mean that's probably what it came down to but storyline wise aside from him none of these people were being used it got released so uh at uh, you know they had uh, my guess is we're probably not going to be too shocked by any of the other names that came out today for this very reason but if you want to talk about shock in some general way uh Shelton Benjamin and Dolph Ziggler, both two living legends. I'll give it to him. Uh, were were both released. Um, you know, both have been around for a long time and both were really being underutilized now. I know, at least in terms in the case of Dolph was making a very healthy amount of money to do what he was doing or not doing. Um, so I don't know how shocking it is. Uh uh, you know, Dolph, of all of these people, um, and of course, we talk, keep talking about AEW, but like, there's a lot of names on here that would be real obvious gets for Impact, even for like the NWA. I mean, there's some perfect, perfect NWA talent in here. Um, but I don't know. Am I crazy? I think that Dolph would get the biggest pop walking in the door at AEW.
3: The day Dolph walks into the a- into AEW, he's already like a top five in ring worker that they got. Immediately, right? Like well, that's a, a tough,
1: That's a, that's saying a lot in AEW, but I, still. I mean,
3: listen, Dolph Ziggler is is one of them dudes, man. Like, don't sleep. Like, I know he has. We haven't gotten to see him in a while. Really, kind of go and do what he's he's been great at, and they called him the show stealer for a long time. But the dude could work, man, and he's got personality. And you know, the stand up comedy stuff has been, you know, that he does with his brother on every single you know big pay-per-view like outside of the city like he's could kind of tap into a lot of the things that he's been working on outside the ring so um i think this is probably the best fit for him i think he'll probably be the first call that AEW makes uh getting Dolph Ziggler not just for his in-ring ability but i think his locker room sort of presence would kind of be immeasurable as well you know dolph is one of those guys who've seen everything been around everything worked with everybody um Hell of a dude. Uh, All my interactions with Dolph Ziggler have always been super positive. Um, And he's a guy that, you know, uh, as much as AEW has some great young talent and people kind of turn their nose up when they say, oh, they're just signing old WWE guys and yada, yada, yada. Like, nah, you need vets, man. You need veterans in that locker room. We need people that that could tell you why things work and why certain things work. And there's... A good amount of them in the AEW, but they could always use more, in my opinion. Um, Shelton Benjamin's another one. Uh, I think he's a guy who I was really excited for when he came back to WWE because he had an incredible run over in Japan. I mean, the Hurt Business was one of my favorite uh, factions of the past several years. The, no matter how short it, the run was, I thought when, the, when they were all together during the pandemic, they I thought they were absolutely money. Uh, but you know, Shelton Benjamin's sort of like a medical marvel himself. Like he's been <laughs> at it for several years and doesn't look like he's aged a day. He- he's somehow gotten stronger and bigger over the years. He's got the the legitimate amateur background, you know, with Brock Lesnar and, and Minnesota and the Golden Gophers and all that type of stuff. Like these are all of the the people that you would want, and you could use his real name. You could use his real name in, in A.W., which which helps a lot. I think Nick, you know, Ryan, uh, the, the Nemeth brothers might be a nice pickup as well, Um, putting those guys together. And yeah,
1: Nick Nemeth is one of the all-time great name, real names that they should have been using names, the right. whole time. <laughs> it's like, that sounds a lot better than Dolph Ziggler, but I get who it. The other, who, know, who are I'm the a, other great ones? I'll, well, I'll, John Moxley is, is, uh, is what's John his name? John Good. John Good. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Ricky the huh? Dragon Steamboat was Richard Blood. I always like oh, that. God, that's awesome. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of them, but it's anyway. A couple.
3: I mean, Dwayne Johnson sounds pretty all American no. guy. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah.
1: That's the worst name. That's the I've movie ever star. Heard. How's that? A,
3: how's that a worst name? I don't know. Uh, there's another one in there that has an awesome. Oh. um... Adam Cole's real name is Austin Jenkins. <laughs> and I'm like, if you if you asked me to draw a picture of Austin Jenkins, he would look more like me and a lot less than Adam Cole. <laughs> so, I, I've always loved that real name. Um, but yeah, nah. Uh, again, you know, release days are never fun because, you know, they always seem to come in waves and and it's one of the rare sort of, it's one of the rare professions where everyone knows that you lost your job, and that's never fun, and it's publicized. But well,
1: yeah, no, I mean it's 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 the celebrity, it's the fame, it's the notoriety that comes with it. You know, I mean that's why. Like WWE, they released it, or let fired whatever a bunch of people from the office last week, and only a handful of the names, only the actual execs, like the public, the 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 yeah, the executives who were mentioned in press releases and stuff were announced. The rest were you know all under the radar as it should be. Um, This is a, you know, the optics of releasing people the same day that you announce a $1.4 billion deal are not great, you know, and, and, but it's the same thing for the office staff, you know, the optics of, of, of really firing a bunch of people as you're announcing, you know, you know, this merger that's going to make the stock price go up isn't great either, but it's, um, but you know, the and the the human toll of it that is 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 even more significant. You know, I mean, this is, you know, regular folks now that are out there now looking for jobs, you know, we can all sympathize with that. Um, but this is a sort of fact of life, you know. I mean, there's giant corporate mergers and people are gonna lose their jobs, and WWE releases are something that we've sadly become accustomed to. Um, like you said, it's a vibrant professional wrestling world out there. It's not maybe the most ideal time to be released. AEW does need some, need a boost, but I'm not sure that they're going to be out there spending willy-nilly just to see who's got it. I think they're going to be looking for established names. No. New, ja- New Japan's doing great, but their their purse strings, I think, are pretty tight right now. You know, there's going to be room for one or two people in Impact, and like I said, maybe the NWA. There's you know, It's not like the indie scene is particularly booming either outside of, you know, the super shows that, a- that AEW guys are on. Um, but... There's a lot of possibility out there. You know, if there's one thing we've learned from Matt Cardona is that there's a world of opportunity if you're willing to go grab it.
3: I mean, there's a will, there's a way, man. If if you got the, if you got the 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 nuts to get out there and reinvent yourself and 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 do what you got to do to get over without any restrictions, more often than not, it's gonna pay off. So you know, you said Matt Cardona is a perfect example. A lot of people, you can name several examples of people who have found so much success outside of WWE, and I think. All these people being let go, uh you said it's not necessarily the best time, but as far as the wrestling landscape is concerned, but I think it's a pretty good time for them personally because outside of maybe Ali, you know a lot of them weren't on t v you know, so now you get an opportunity to kind of go out there with a fresh coat of paint and and you know get people excited about yourself again, and who knows who knows what this means for the other wrestling organizations out there and how they could uh sort of change the 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 trajectory of their careers, but sad day, but who knows? Who knows what's gonna come from all this?
1: Yeah, one of the questions that always comes up at these times is about the schedule. I mean a lot of the people that we don't see on TV every week are still working the the circuit. You know, they're still doing the house shows, they're still working dark matches and stuff like that. And um as we move into this new TKO era, I think the touring schedule is going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I don't think I don't think it's gonna disappear, but I think that it's got to be you know, it's going to be a thing that people talk about, uh, and and how much money you're making off off of that is is. I mean, for years WWE said you know it, it's w the real value of the house shows and for, to WWE is in uh, audience engagement. You know, getting people in whatever Tunica, Mississippi, and and to they get to see their favorite wrestlers live. It keeps them fans. It, gets, it keeps them excited as fans, uh, and also the the kind of test market aspect of the whole thing. We can send Riddick Moss out there with the funny hat and see if the crowd reacts and maybe that makes it onto TV. But those are the kind of things that, you know, corporate overlords might not see as much value in. So that will be something, I think, to keep an eye on as we move on. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible
2: items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com.
3: We talked about the schedule. Do you want to talk Grand Slam? Yes, talk about it, man. Got a lot of news coming out of that one.
1: Well, it was a great night of wrestling. I really great enjoyed night. that show. I uh, I mean, I just beginning to end, I I thought it was really good. Um I think our picks were we did pretty well. Did you sweep it?
3: I think I swept it. I think the only thing I didn't catch was uh, did I pick Joe? Did I pick Joe going over?
1: Uh I think you did. I think you, I think, I, think you I, think picked, G- I think you stupidly picked Samoa Joe. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that was that was a that was a layup. I was just like, screw it. I'm just gonna just I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. You know, hail Mary for this one. But I mean, AW did the right thing. Put on a great show. Um, they crowned Eddie Kingston. They gave him that moment, which I thought was an incredible match. Uh, my favorite type of match, too. Just barbaric action, just hitting people, just chops and. Hits and punches and just violence. Love that. Um is Samoa Joe the most believable pro wrestler in the world. Yeah, I would say I would say he's top five. I, I think Samoa Joe could just give him a microphone for 30 seconds and I believe every single thing he says.
1: That's what I mean.
3: Yeah. Like he's 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 one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um he's he's just had such a final boss sort of aura to him. And not a lot of guys in wrestling have an aura, but Samoa Joe definitely has that. And I don't think losing helps him lose that at all, which is rare. Nobody. No, he mean. got
1: choked out. It's not. It's...
3: Yeah, he got he, he got choked out and shook the guy's hand illegally. he Choked out and shook the guy's hand, and it still seems like a badass for some reason. Um, but I thought it was a great night of of wrestling, man. No, he seems
1: like a badass because he because he knows exactly what happened to him, and he's just like, all right, you're the better villain. <laughs> you you are like, a villain to me. That's some
3: shit I would have done basically, you know. Yeah. Um not mad at that. Uh but the Kingston Claudio match was really really fun. Um it was a great New York pop obviously. Oh, uh yeah. but you know, uh still some story to be told there. You know, Claudio kind of, you know, gave him the whatever blow by shake hand and handed him the title. So, you know, the whole match was really about earning his respect. And I think even though he shook his hand and handed him the title, I, th- I still don't think that respect is really earned yet. So um, I don't know if this would be their rubber match in the AEW, but I would assume that they're going to run it back one more time and, uh, you know, see how that goes. But it's hard to top a, a hometown win in New York City, uh, especially kicking off the night too. I thought it, they came out hot. They kept it hot. And uh, it was a great, it was a great match and a great. Well, and they presented him
1: like a like a legend, you know. I mean, they presented oh, yeah. they, they. I mean, that was that walkout was just incredible. Oh yeah,
3: anytime you can get the camera with the the walkout behind gorillas through the curtain, like that uh-huh. always just adds like an extra level of. Who did that first? Was that was that uh, was it? Austin Austin uh, Michaels the first time they did that or Brett? It was uh, one of those matches,
1: Michaels. Do you see, it, I, I'm thinking Michaels, but it, I, I'm not sure. I love I, that's
3: that's one of the things in the wrestling I love so much by the way. It's so little, it's so subtle, but like if you want to make a match feel bigger than it is, bring the camera backstage and have them like get pumped up right before they walk out, right? I, 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 one of my favorite wrestling moments in history was, you know, right before WrestleMania 14 uh-huh. And Shawn Michaels hadn't wrestled a match in a while. And he's sitting there and they're playing the the little anticipation music in the background. Yeah. And he says, this one's for you, Earl. Walks out. And then, you know, before that, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out down the hallway with that iconic strut. And that's all I thought about with Eddie Kingston. I was like, he had, this might be blasphemous a little bit, but he had a little bit of that Stone Cold Steve Austin sort of strut where it's like, that dude is not losing tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so uh that immediately got me hyped for that match. And um they delivered. I thought it was great.
1: Oh god, it was a lot of fun. Um let's see what else. Uh MJF oh well, uh, MJF won uh with the help of his good friend Adam Cole. Although there might have been they, you know. Did it he might turn have be a, like? a, a full-fledged victory because yeah, Adam Cole seems to have turned his angle when he jumped off the entrance ramp, running in, uh, doing his run-in for the night. I mean, Adam Cole has just seemed snake bit with injury. I hope it's not too bad, but he 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 seemed to be struggling, um, you know, to 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 walk normally after he took that little self-inflicted bump. Much more significant though, it looks like with John Moxley, who got. Uh, his head—I don't know what happened. He got his head smushed into the ground, and uh, because the first from the first pile driver from um, Ray Phoenix, uh, it looks if you go back and watch the tape, like he took it and then told Rick Knox the referee to count it, and Rick Knox did not, and they had to get back up and do it again, and then he got the one, two, three. Uh, afterwards, there was medical attention. You know, the, the doctors came out, but he left the the ring under his own strength but uh it seems like he at least was concussed um got his bell rung whatever hopefully not nothing worse than that because we know what those power drivers can do yeah uh, that was pretty
3: scary that was pretty scary um you know uh there was a little bit of a uh man i was listening to thank god for serious i was listening to busted open on the way here today and um you know there was sort of a I don't want to say miscommunication, but I guess something happened where, you know, the ref didn't count the three uh, after the first sort of uh, pile driver where Moxley was clearly out and couldn't, you know, come to. uh, And then Phoenix picked him up one more time and, uh, you know, dropped him again just to kind of go home and and wrap it up. And um, there was a bit of a discussion about, like, who sort of, not at fault, I don't want to say at fault, but, like, who's the person that kind of takes the responsibility there? And, you know, Mark Henry had some great things to say just as far as, like, giving, like, the insight on, like, how that happens, you know, as far as when somebody gets legitimately hurt, um, who sort of has to take the reins there? And, uh, you know, I, I think what he said was, you know, that was an opportunity for the referee to, you know... When you're out there, the referee's got to be a shoot referee at some point, right? Like, if you, if you don't pick... If you don't answer the three, you count the three. And and Bully Ray said something along the lines of, uh, you know, when they were in WWE and you're punching somebody in the corner and they're counting the five and you don't break out five, like, they're instructed from Vince to disqualify him. Because as much as the referee is still sort of the conductor of what's going on inside the ring. Um, you still kinda it's still kinda gotta be a shoot because you you're not doing your job, right? So uh, thankfully, Moxley wasn't hurt uh, seriously. It doesn't seem like he's hurt seriously. It seems like he's okay, but I guess okay from Moxley standards doesn't really say much now. I feel like we'll we'll know more about his condition in the next several days and seeing, you know, just how He's gonna hold up, but we do have a new uh, AEW International Champion in in, in the meantime, and it's Ray Phoenix, and it was a. The wild thing was it was a great match up until that point, you know oh, like yeah. moxley was in his it was he, he didn't bleed he was actually just wrestling <laughs> like he mm-hmm. was he was he was having a wrestling match well, I mean you
1: know, for all we you know that match was supposed to go ten extra minutes you know and oh then yeah he, and he and he might have been bleeding all over the place then. That's but right that's the
3: only way you could stop him from bleeding is to literally knock him
1: out <laughs> 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 yeah. before the match is over you got to hurt uh, him too bad to get yeah. him to to get him to bleed there. you um, go. Yeah, well, I mean, that, I I really enjoyed that match too. That's it's it's a pity that it ended the way it did, um, but man, it was it was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll get to see that rematch. Uh, Soraya retained against Tony Storm. I really thought it was going the other way, especially by the end. That 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 last kiss into the package pile driver. I thought I thought that I thought it, I really thought it was over. Um, but Soraya pulled it out. Uh, I you know. Tony Storm is a star now regardless. So, if you're a Tony Storm fan like me, you can hardly complain. Um and they'll they'll keep that feud going too, obviously. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, Chris Jericho, the one other match that last night. Chris Jericho defeated Sammy Guevara. You're right about that one. Jericho doesn't lose. Apparently. Jericho don't
3: put people over, man. Don't happen. <laughs> um
1: Sammy Guevara uh has some direction though after the match. That, mm. that, that closing spot, the the code breaker out of nowhere was great. Um it looked like it really hurt. Maybe probably did. Uh but after the match he kicks Jericho in the in the Nether Regions. What's the official phrase for that? What are we get what are we say we, we what do you what do you say when you see someone get kicked in the in the balls? Uh, you got kicked in the balls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the low, junk. low,
3: the, ju- the, you know, the groin what, what, area. Are you, what,
1: what was your, remember when that kept happening during the playoffs, we joked around about it on the press box. Cause it was all these like announcers trying to find like an appropriate way to say it, you know, that'd be like the midsection, but yeah, yeah the but nether that's not regions. correct. Yeah. You know, and it would be like the, the groin, the, it's the weird the groin is, is actually too specific. To be correct, especially no. in a, especially in sports, because it's like no people are out with like groin tears all the time. He didn't get just punched in the groin; he got punched in the, you know, cock and balls, you know. Yeah. You, but you can't say that on broadcast. Can't say
3: television. that. One of my favorite my favorite commentators. What they do is they won't say it. They'll just say something. like they'll say like, and that one is gonna hurt. Tomorrow, yeah. like, or, or they'll say something that's just like, you know, this uh there's a, a a large demographic of us watching that that felt that pain or something. Yeah, that. they'll never show it up said, It hurts to get kicked in the balls. Whoever gets more creative by saying that, I'm always like, mm,
1: that guy's good. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's good. It takes Kevin, Kevin, uh,
3: Kevin Harlan's great at that. Kevin He's Harlan. really
1: good at it. Oh yeah. It just became such a problem in the NBA because it happened like 10 times in the playoffs. Like people just kept just getting, hitting the balls. So, you know, you got to, they had to figure it out. Wrestling gets a little bit more common even than that. But that was a good one. Uh, and then, and then Don Callis came out, seemed to join forces with Sammy Guevara. So the Callis Society, the Callis family is really, really picking up steam. Maybe Don Callis can tell Sammy to cut his hair.
3: Well <laughs> if he came if if Sammy Guevara came out with like a tight one blade skin fade on Wednesday Night Dynamo well on collision, how much more of a heel would he be?
1: <laughs> Wait it's just it's like it's like basically just a buzz cut that fades on the sides. is that is that what you're describing?
3: Straight up, like Justin Timberlake justified era,
1: like just shortcut.
3: Yeah, Not even a fade, just a straight buzz.
1: <laughs> oh, he, well, I would be a fan of him then. I would get so excited, but I think that that would be a great heel move, sure. I think it would be. I think it would be. Yeah, nah. Um,
3: I thought it was a great match. Uh, I called it. Jericho, don't lose uh, these sort of matches. And it, it sets up some very interesting aspects of, you know, for Daniel Garcia, there was that sort of uh, cross uh, meeting uh, after that match. Um kind of gonna be interesting to see where Kenny Omega sort of falls in between all that since he sort of has his dealing with the Don Callis family. Oh sure. Um so uh interesting turn of events. Like uh, I definitely called Jericho winning, but didn't see, you know, this Sammy Heel turn sort of coming. Well, so very no, very of course. Interesting. And
1: and it's uh yeah, I mean it, it does I'm super intrigued because there's all these different threads that are coming together now. Mm-hmm. Right? Are we gonna have to see Jericho and Omega team up against the Calos family? You know, Maybe. is that is that where this is eventually headed? Maybe. Um, uh, Kodo Abushi is obviously in their sights too. So there's you know there's there there's a lot of opportunities here. Um, and you know, at the moment, it seems like Omega kind of is, is on leave from this storyline, but he'll be right back in it uh, before we even know it. So I mean, that's it, yeah. I'm very, I think that's one of the most I- intriguing things coming out of this is how far do they take this storyline? Is this just one man's deranged feud against these two guys who he's known forever? Or is this gonna be like the top level storyline of the entire company moving forward? Uh, it, listen, it's interesting. Um, Eddie Kingston, I think, is is the other big storyline coming out of this. Obviously, he's a double champ now. Um, he is a big time name in the in the company. I think it'll be interesting to see where they how high they let him let him ascend in this moment. Cuz I said before the match that the my only hesitation to him winning is whether or not they had a bigger moment planned, you know, whether they had a few of uh, you know, they had a bigger coronation of Eddie Kingston down the line that they were going to slow walk, but they're here now, right? I mean, he's the he's Ring of Honor champ, he's in, in New Japan Strong champ. Um he just won in Queens, this is the biggest moment of his career, and they AEW has to treat it as such. So, um, you know, does Eddie Kingston open Dynamite this week? Is Eddie Kingston the star of the show? Is that I mean,
3: hard to argue he's not one of their top baby faces. I mean, it's it's. It, I think he's more at the at this very second. He's probably more over than Kenny and Jericho and. Uh gosh, MJF. I mean, you know, it's probably it's probably him and MJF right well, now. Was MJF a babyface
1: like, now because he just beat somebody with a with a? Well, he's our scumbag. Illegal back, so,
3: I mean, you know, I, I think he's he's there. It's it, you know, I think it's between him and MJF as far as like the people that are the top babies at I, at, at the moment. I love so we'll in see. a very
1: self serving way. I love what they're doing with the with the um, with the MJF close cool storyline. It's sort of what we are. You know, what I was suggesting before their match at all In that that it's a they should be going for a double turn where they both turn heel but they realize it's like you know that may, that means they have something else in common because they're yeah. both heels at heart and they became, um, they
3: become even better friends because they're both terrible people. Yeah, deep down exactly. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That's that how this podcast well. was formed, actually. When of course. Kaz yeah. and I
1: realized we were both terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: don't know how many episodes were down, but yeah, uh, uh, several hundred episodes later, we're still terrible people.
0: <laughs>
3: it um, works well.
1: What is, have there been any more releases since we started the show, Ben or Brian? Not that I've seen.
3: I've been scrolling. I've been scrolling the the El, for the Elon books this whole time. I see Gargano trending, but he is not amongst There were
1: some fake rumors about Johnny Gargano. By the way, if you're one of if you're out there doing fake release rumors, first of all, I get the impulse. I get the joke. But go fuck yourself. You're corny. You're a corny, do. you're a corny um,
3: guy. Don't do it. <laughs> and
1: Gargano is an interesting name because he's been sort of inexplicably off TV for a minute. Um. But I saw someone just tweet, randomly tweeted, you know, some random person tweeted, you know, John, who's a fan of that crew. Johnny, Candice, and, Ch- and Chompa, please don't pick up your phones today. But Chompa, yeah. that's what I'm saying, Chompa's not going anywhere because he's actually part of, he's in a storyline.
3: I think they'll be fine. Uh, I mean, I'm looking now and I don't see, I haven't seen anything new. But yeah, as of right now, it's Ziggler, Ali, Benjamin, Elias, Emma, Riddick Moss, Rick Boogs, Top Dollar, and Aaliyah as of 40 minutes ago.
1: If you were on WWE Creative and they were like, here's the list, but you can save one person with a great booking, to say, with a great storyline, pitch me right now. Who you got? Oh my
3: God. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's, that's you don't have to just spot. pick
1: one of them, but like, how do you, do you have any, do any of them have obvious paths? Let's take a side. Let's leave off Mustafa because he was in a going storyline. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody else that you're just like, Oh, yeah, I could book him into the, you know. Elias. I mean, I feel like Elias is somebody who's such a,
3: he's such a, he's such a money gimmick. He's been a money gimmick for a long time. Sure has. Anytime he, anytime he popped out and did the guitar strum, like people used to go nuts. Uh, My favorite moment of my short WWE writing career involved Elias in Seattle. When that crowd absolutely went nuts uh, oh, yeah. at <laughs> With the mention, KO? Of, yes, uh, at at the mention of this uh, the Supersonics getting a basketball team, um, man, uh, yeah, I would say Elias. He's a guy that you could just plug and play in so many places because he doesn't necessarily need to be in the title feud to be interesting, or you know, and and I don't think I think people always assume if you're not fighting for a title or you know, in the main event storyline that you're not useful. Yeah. But I think Elias was extremely useful because what he was was a one-of-one one act on the show that nobody else in the roster could do. Mm-hmm. He would come out with his guitar. He could sing. He don't even got to take a bump, really. And he would still be something that people would go home and, and talk about afterwards. If you needed a celebrity to come in, if you needed a big return, if you needed anything, you can always throw Elias in there and that's like he captivates an audience every single time. Um, wasn't I mean, you know, he, he he's not Will Ospreay in the ring, but at the same time, you don't got to be when you're that good at sports entertainment. No, he
1: looked like a wrestler, you know. Yeah. I mean, he, and he he, I he mean, looked he looked like,
3: he, 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 looked like a, he looked like a grunge macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah, he looked very specifically <laughs> like a very
1: specific wrestler, Macho Man yeah. Randy Savage. But he also just looked and carried himself like a wrestler. You ever saw him out in public? You know, WWE would uh, trot him out to the to the meet and greets, the cocktail parties, whatever. You'd see him, and from across the room, and you'd be like, "Shit, that guy's a wrestler." You know, I mean, it's you. Um, and he was good. He was fun to watch. He was fun to watch in the ring, even when he wasn't. You know, I mean, like you said, not Will Ospreay. That's fine. You know, he could he could he could pull it off. I, th- I what was I fantasy booking him last week as? So oh, I just you, I said you just go just let go goth, just go Ministry of Darkness, Elias, and just like let him be let him be a monster heel. I would. Sh- I mean, I, I, there's there's got to be something else you can do, even if you think that the if the comedy bit has reached its limit. But you say not everybody has to be a champion. You're right. I agree. The history of pro wrestling tells us this. Some of the greatest of all time were never destined for the top of the card. But this has sort of been a thing bubbling up in WWE for a while. You know, I mean, it's it's it was it's it's you can read it into their their recruitment uh, um, rubric, and you can also just see how they treat the wrestlers in the main roster. Um, they want, you know, they, they want a roster full of Dwayne, the rock Johnson's, you know, and, and, uh, if it's clear that you're not going to get there, then you're, you know, you have the potential to get cut off. So, um, it's not very realistic, but I mean, you can understand someone's just like, well, we know exactly where that upside is. And if it's between cutting this person and cutting that person, you got to make tough choices. Uh, again, not that they had to cut anybody, but, um, you know, that's what you did. No, Elias, I thought was, uh, I agree. Elias is easy. Um, You know, I I mean, I always thought booking Dolph back into the main event, you know, back into the upper mid card would be super easy, man. It seems like whenever they tried with him, it was like a total reboot, but like, how hard would it be just to have Dolph Ziggler come out and just be like, Jesus Christ, I've been doing this for however, 15 years. You owe me this. You know, give me this man.
3: You know, there's also there's also the people that probably could have gotten tired of that too. I mean, I think the fact that he has been doing it for so long, um, doesn't necessarily escape the fact that, like, you know, you've done a lot. Like, you've <laughs> been in the WWE for almost twenty years now, and you know, they've seen. I've seen a lot of Dolph. Um, as great as he is, I almost still kind of feel like. He's exactly what he was and, and what he's been for the past several months, which is a great wrestler, like somebody who could come in and be a dude who just sort of does his thing, gets somebody over, could get someone else over, could put on a hell of a match for five, ten minutes and you don't see him for another several weeks, you know, and it's totally fine. Um, I think just... The fact that he's done so much makes me excited for his release. To be honest, like not not in a way that like I want to see somebody lose a job, but I just want to see him do other stuff with other wrestlers. You know, like Jericho. Jericho was on a he had an interview yesterday, and he's basically saying, you know, WWE has a lot of guys out there that have done a lot with the same people for several years, and the one thing AEW has is a a fresh batch of dance partners to be out there with. So. Uh, you know, I see Swerve already tweeting out Nemeth on his Twitter account. There's a bunch of AEW guys already sort of welcoming Dolph Ziggler to AEW already. So um, he's a perfect example of that. And, and you know, if you if you get a guy like Dolph, if you if you're adding Adam Copeland slash Edge, if you're adding Mercedes Monet, and the hell maybe an Ali or an Elias with one of these people, that's a nice jolt of energy to your wrestling company after several weeks of just unfortunateness. Even Emma. I mean, you know, Emma's somebody who can come into the women's division of AEW and immediately make an impact as well. So, um, you know, I don't want to say one man's trash is another man's treasure but because they're not trash. But, you know, one door closes, another one opens. I'll say it like that.
1: Can we just do a, a, a Twitter video execution, Brian? Where all you do is just have Kaz saying "One man's trash, another man's treasure," and just stop. <laughs> yes, just, Kaz, just Kazim at Kazim <laughs> on the WWE releases. I
4: mean, you saw uh, what happened with the Austin Theory video. People yeah, went nuts. They did go nuts. They did go. There was a lot of uh,
3: traction between those two. It was like the battle of. The battle of the, of the of the two people that the internet hates the most, and we got a lot of uh, a lot of interesting responses off of that. But I'm still sticking to my theory. That theory is the guy.
1: Yes. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a tough one for sure. Um, you know, you mentioned Emma. It was sort of a sad story for her because she 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 tweeted out that she was released uh, just seconds after tweeting that it was a dream come true for WWE to have a pay per view in. Perth, Australia, her home country. Um, they just announced that they're going to be doing the Elimination Chamber there. But that was the first big news of the day.
3: Yeah, nice. Before
1: everything else went to shit. Um, uh, Saturday, February 24th, next year.
3: Three right days after WrestleMania, my
1: birthday. Uh, elimination Chamber's coming to Perth. Um, is it? Uh, how big of a deal is this? What's a bigger deal? Elimination Chamber in Australia or your birthday?
3: My birthday is definitely not a big deal at all. I'm at the age. Once you get past thirty, anybody listens to this? Once you get past thirty five, you got maybe like three important birthdays left. You got your fortieth, your fiftieth, and then the last one before you die. (laughs) And that's about it. They're like, "Oh man, he lived to whatever." Like once you get past nobody, nobody, nobody gives a shit. Um, I think it's 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 big because this is an opportunity for. uh, I think this is tailor-made for a Rhea Ripley main event um you know she is coming home to Australia and you know the judgment day is on fire and it wouldn't shock me if she's walking into Elimination Chamber as the woman's champion main eventing that place and you know we've seen in the past years those incredible once in a lifetime hometown receptions that we've seen with Sami Zayn that we've seen With you know a lot of these guys who you just never you know with uh, in Puerto Rico you know what I mean just these these premium live events that aren't in areas that are in the continental United States have always made for just such incredible atmospheres and Australia is right up there as far as you know rabid fan bases and they are no Australia
1: Australia also has a big wrestling or you know has given a lot to pro wrestling and they um. I mean, God, Grayson Waller is, is from
3: there. I mean, Buddy Murphy, Rhea. I mean, there's 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 tons, tons of great Current, Australian. I mean, parts but of and rubber.
1: historically too. I mean, the the Bushwhackers, the yeah. the fabulous kangaroos. By the way, when tag team wrestling was what first like became a thing in America, it was called Australian rules tag team wrestling. the, the idea that there'd be two on two wrestling was like they this. It was sort of a fraud, but they they call that Australian rule. That's the way they do it down under. It's a little bit wacky down there, um, but yeah, there've been just a a, a lot of really significant um, Australian wrestlers over the years, and uh, and you know it's been a pretty consistent pipeline them coming here. But it's just so far away. Like if if Australia was in where Puerto Rico is, then they, WWE would have been going there on the regular already. But it's it's a long it's a long haul, you know. And for them to host a pay per view, they do go down there but, you know, just annually or biannually. But, you know, to have a pay-per-view there, it's a big deal. And I think it speaks more to the WWE's bigger business strategy now. We're just going to have these massive events, one-off events in places where we don't go a lot, where it'll just seem like it's just like a Super Bowl. And um, interesting they're doing it right before WrestleMania, too. I mean, they're just sort of just cramming everything into the first half of the year.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one.
1: Um. All right. So we got a pay per view in Australia. We got a bunch of releases happening. More releases to come. Grand Slam happened. Uh, WWE uh, SmackDown is now on the USA Network. Specials on NBC. This is a big, big news day. What does anything else need to be said? Kerm, Brian, Ben, everybody lurking in the background of this call. Does anybody <laughs> have any hot takes you want to get off right now before we before we say goodbye? I know Ben and Brian have now, they have they have six days six days until they get to talking from a microphone again.
4: <laughs> if anybody beats Don Mysterio on booze, it's Don Callis. I haven't Whoa. been in Grand Slam. <laughs> I could barely hear anything. And yeah. I've been in an arena with both, but I think Don Callis gives him a run for his money. Yeah, wow. that dude
3: is hated. That dude is getting some heat, man. What, He's getting some. Brilliant Brian,
1: what what was the biggest takeaway from Grand Slam? Was there any any besides that? Any surprising pops? Any surprising reactions? Any is any? Do you learn anything from being in the crowd that you couldn't have gotten from watching t watching it on TV?
4: No, that was pretty much the biggest one. Um, and you know, just to see how much the people boo Samoa Joe just because he was going against MJF. Uh, and you know, I also say like the crowd really loved the, uh, Bret Hart homage, uh, that, uh, MJF did. Oh yeah. That was really cool. That was so insidery. Like, I can't believe that he, they even got a live
1: reaction. Like I was, it wasn't surprised (laughs) that Twitter loved it.
4: (laughs) I was just talking about that. Um, that scene, like, recently. And I was saying, like, I always wanted to be, like, that little kid because being a huge Bret Hart fan. So when I saw it, I popped immediately.
3: Yeah, MJF is such a... He's such a fan, you know? Like, MJF has the wrestling career I would have if I was a wrestler. I would just... I would just redo all the stuff I thought was hilarious and just make it my own. And I feel like he does that all the time. He doesn't miss anything. He doesn't miss a single opportunity (laughs) to be such, like... You know, he's being such a... A fake baby face. <laughs> that's all he's being such a fake baby. Like, you know, you know, he's full of it. You know, he is full of
1: it, but it's still. That's great. That's that, that's such a great, so like, good. like uh, so backdoor good. brag, too. You're yeah. just like, well, if I was a wrestler, it would be just like AEW world just champion. Like world AEW.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yes. That was a, that was a humble, not so humble flex, at all. Yeah. Ben, I'll stop.
1: Ben, what do you got? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna unleash this now. It's it's a travesty that Dolph Ziggler never got another title run. Ten years ago, best cash in, and they never they never gave him another run. And I'm and they I'm st- upset. I'm upset. Today's they a sad They still haven't day. topped
3: it. They still haven't it's, topped it. It's a
1: sad day for wrestling. But re- Nimeth Brothers AEW, sign me up. Um Nimeth, Nimeth. Brothers construction company. Wait, what is it? What does Nimeth <laughs> Brothers sound like it does?
4: construction barbecue
1: um yeah comedy duo comedy duo His, is the, when when the when easier. he was with when when Dolph was with uh Biggie and um and AJ that was like one of the coolest trios in the entire I mean I I that so much and you're right that was a really sort of um that was one of the most in retrospect kind of dismissive wrestling booking decisions in WWE history. And there has been there have been a lot. But when they got to the point where they realized they needed to give the fans what they wanted, but they didn't actually have to stick with it, that was a really dark period in WWE. Right? It's just like, oh, they really want Dolph? Okay, we'll give them Dolph. But then we'll just go back to what we were going to do anyway. That's <laughs> It's just sad stuff. Because that was, you're absolutely right. I mean, dude, if that guy had come along five, ten years later, he'd be like one of the biggest stars in the sport. But, you know, he's just so good. Imagine as good as he is in the ring. Because at the time it was like, oh, he's he sells too much or he sells perfectly. Like whatever your opinion on him was. The he was sell so god, good in god,
3: man. I was the sell god coming up, bro. He was like, he was like if he was like diet Kurt Henning meets diet Shaw Michaels. And here comes Dolph, which is like sounds yeah. like an insult. No, no, no! It's no, really no. the best sort of comparison you could make. We for we're a just guy talking. Like I mean, a... he
1: came at a time when ring work was becoming a premium, but it really wasn't. You know, imagine if he came along today, we'd be talking about him as like the next Shawn Michaels, is the next yeah. Kurt, you know, whatever Kurt Hennig, whoever. He, like you could, he, uh, it would that I think would be. I think his lot. I mean, his his lane would be a little bit clearer. But his journey, his journey from being in the Spirit Squad to
2: being world champion, I don't think is discussed enough.
1: I would just, yeah. just give him his flowers. He did it
3: all, man. And a Kent State legend, too. Legit, legit uh, amateur wrestling star before he mm-hmm. even stepped into rank, too. So, man, he's done it all. And just judging by social media, I don't think the man's going to be out of a job very soon.
1: <laughs> well, he was doing pretty well for himself financially when he was in WWE, too. So if he wants to just go be a comedian or lie on the beach... um. How quickly do you think he cuts his hair? Do you think he's good do you do you think based on Never. absolutely nothing? Do you think he's been like growing and bleaching his hair st- only because of the job and he's like, "Well, at least I can shave my head now?" Or do you or do you think this is the look for the rest of his life? Is he going to be like a like a proper retired wrestler who just has the long bleached hair forever?
3: I mean, the man's got a quite a head of hair. I don't I wouldn't give That's it up. It's an impressive head of hair. It's impressive, definitely. <laughs> um, no, nah, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> it ain't
1: going nowhere. He's keeping it. He's got to yeah. keep it. Guess if he wants to stay, if he wants to keep wrestling, it's a you know pretty distinctive look. Um, all right, Ben, Kerm, Brian, any more hot takes?
4: Nah. Oh, another takeaway was the nana. The nana. What, was dance. everybody doing it? Yes. Yeah. I w- I don't know if they showed a big pan shot, but yeah, the whole crowd was going crazy. I can't dance, so I wasn't going to embarrass myself. But just to see everybody out there going crazy. uh, <laughs> it was it was cool big pressure on the yes ah, Yeah, we <laughs> not I, I you, you
3: got to i wish i could do it here i can uh-huh. you, you need you need a you need a you need a little bit of bounce and i can't bounce while i'm sitting down so it's a little bit of a it's a you got to dip the shoulder with the swerve and then Dave, I told you the other day, man. You don't. Know, yeah. Ain't, you ain't no, up I any? know.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with Brian. I don't want to embarrass myself, but I don't think either Top, gonna do bro, <laughs> neither, <laughs> neither of us are going to do any worse. Neither of us <laughs> are going to do any worse than Dude, Tony Khan pressure. doing the, the, the <laughs> Doug Garcia dance.
3: Yes. <laughs> that you can do anywhere. You can pull that off anywhere. That, uh, that works. That works. But oh my gosh, uh, dancing, man. That's, who knew dancing and hugs, the most mm-hmm. over thing in wrestling. You can dance or you can give a good hug. You will be gainfully employed for a long time.
1: Yeah, there's be so there's be a wrestler that just goes all in on the hugs. I mean, I'm not talking Bailey style. It's Just like people get so excited when you know people finally hug. You should maybe that'll be maybe MJF will just fully embody that moving forward. Who knows? Anyway, um, speaking of living legends like MJF, we have an interview with Tiffany Stratton. It's coming up right now.
3: It's tea time. Tea time. Tea time. Let's do
1: it. I hope he covered all the news, because without any further ado, here is former NXT Women's Champion, Tiffany Stratton.
2: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together... We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. We are
1: joined now by, I hate to say it, former NXT Women's Champion, but living legend. We'll give it to her, Tiffany Stratton. (laughs) Thank you for joining the show. How are you doing today, Tiffany?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: i'm I'm doing great. Um uh, let me just start here. Uh, you know, pe- listeners of this show will know that I was on uh, the Stratton bandwagon from the very <laughs> very first appearances on Nxt. We. I anointed you a future star of the company way too early, but I can't take that much credit for it because you got to
3: take you got to take a little bit of credit though, Dave. You got to take a little bit of credit. Amongst friends, <laughs> I'll take all the credit for yeah. it. But
1: from your point of view, Tiffany, I can't take any credit because obviously a lot of people saw something in you before you even got on TV. That's why you were there. Um, what are those kind of, from the from the from your earliest times in NXT? Um, what was the feedback that you were getting from the staff there from the trainers?
0: Um, it was definitely just keep getting better. Um, I feel like back then, um, I debuted in December of 2022, I believe, or Mm. 21. I'm not sure, but it was a terrible match. It was not good, but, um, I went back to drawing board and I got better. Um, and I feel like you can see my progress with literally every single match that I had on NXT. You could see me physically getting better. Um, and that's, basically just what my feedback was, was just keep getting better, keep improving with every match.
3: In addition to your improvement, I felt like your rise in NXT has coincided with the rise of this current NXT era. Uh, you know, I, I'm not big on ratings and, and and looking at that type of stuff, but last week, your match with Becky Lynch topping over a million uh, viewers. Uh, rare that that happens with NXT. Um How do you feel about sort of being one of the poster children of this new era of NXT and kind of finding its sort of voice within not just WWE, but the entire world of pro wrestling?
0: Um, I really honestly didn't see it coming like this soon in my career. I've only been, you know, in the business for two years. Um, And I I think it's really cool how like people kind of saw me get better and saw me kind of chase the title, win the title you know, have a couple of defenses and then, you know, get Becky Lynch. Um, but I think it's so amazing that I can be the poster child for NXT. I I definitely feel like um, I, I really didn't see it coming. And just all of mm-hmm. a sudden I got this push and I have all this success and it's just amazing. I feel amazing about everything.
3: How about in addition to that, like you're starting to do some main roster stuff. You've been on the road. People have been watching you and Becky sort of work on the road and obviously being so young in your career, it's a bit of a culture shock going from, you know, working in Florida to being on the road. So how has that sort of changed how you approach this uh, on a daily basis?
0: Um, yeah, it's been a crazy two weeks. You know, I had that match with Becky last Tuesday, then Saturday I was on the live event. Sunday I was on the live event and then back to work Tuesday for TV. Um, but I definitely feel like I have learned so much within just the past two or three weeks. Like I feel like I've grown as a wrestler, as a performer, like at a very fast pace, not just like throughout the two years, but within like the last month, you know? Um, and I, I thank Becky for that. Like, uh, you know, just having that match with Becky, I, I definitely feel like I proved to everybody and to myself that I can hang with one of the greatest of all time.
1: Was there any... What was the most surprising thing about that match, about being in the ring with her? Was there anything that really, like, caught you off guard?
0: Um, you know, the ratings thing very much caught me off guard. But in the match, I definitely feel like The crowd was so electric. Like they were there for everything. And I've really never experienced that down um, in NXT. I've experienced that like on the PLEs, but for it just to be, you know, a Tuesday, a Tuesday night and have the crowd be that electric was so amazing. And I remember like there was a moment in the match where we were just both laying on the ground and they were chanting NXT, NXT. And I just thought it was like so amazing. I got goosebumps. So I definitely think, like, that part in the match was the most surprising part for me.
3: Um, you're still relatively new, but you were trained by Greg Gagne, legendary uh, professional wrestler. Um, and I think it catches a lot of people off guard when they hear that because they see the presentation and they see, you know, just how... Much of a rookie you are, and and the whole look, and then you hear Great Gagne attached to your name, they're like, "Wait, what?" Like it kind of it kind of catches people off guard. So, talk to me what it was about what it was like being trained by him, and sort of the old school mentality that he's sort of imprinted upon you to have such success so early in your career.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like you know, with his name being attached to me, it, it definitely like shocks people, and I feel like for some reason people think like I you know, just came in as a, as a model, but mm. I actually, you know, I did my research. I trained, I, you know, tried to learn as much about the business before coming to NXT as much as possible. Um, but, you know, training with Greg was, it was very much like a a shock because I knew nothing about wrestling and then have someone like an old school wrestling trainer like Greg Gagne be the first one to teach me was definitely like a little shock, a culture shock to me. But, um, we definitely like butt heads a couple of times, but, um, you know, I learned a lot from him. He is an amazing trainer. He, you know, he gave me so much insight. He, you know, told me I need to be respectful, pay my dues, shake, shake the hands. And, you know, just like the basic, you know, wrestling, uh, like terminology, Stuff like that. So he has been a very big help with getting me ready for NXT.
1: What was the biggest culture shock moving to moving to Florida, coming from the from the camp?
0: Um, you mean just like like the state of Florida, or no?
1: no. (laughs) Well, you can talk about the state of Florida too. No, I mean, (laughs) but like how the the performance center, the whole like the the like the whole uh, like the way it just you know it takes over your life. Then right?
0: Yeah, I definitely think there wasn't much of a shock. I mean, Greg prepared me as much as he could. And he prepared me very well. Um, but like the training is very much every single day. (laughs) Um, you're bumping every day, takes a toll on your body. And then once you get on TV, it doesn't stop, you know, you you're constantly training and, you know, that's the only way that you're going to get better is training and reps. Um, but I would say like, I didn't really have much of a shock when I came to the performance center.
1: I was down there last year, I guess just sticking my head in for something else, but i i, I someone was was showing me around, and I saw a bunch of you I'm, I'm sure you were there, but I saw the whole you know crew working out, and someone later asked me what was the most surprising thing, and I was like, I think how sweaty everybody was like everybody was like going real there was talk standing around talking, but just everybody was drenched in sweat. I mean you guys are working really hard down there,
0: yeah, oh my gosh, you have no idea like. Some of the drills that we have to do, the cardio that we have to do, it is exhausting, to say the least.
3: All right, so uh, creatively, I mean, uh, your character is very much a uh, a person of the moment, right? Like, the Barbie movie drops this year. It's the biggest thing that happens. You have the Barbie-themed entrance at, uh, at the premium live event. Um, it's easy for a lot of people to pull off this sort of character, but how much of that Tiffany Stratton the character is is more tied to who you are than you know what what this Barbie sort of persona you put out as uh, as a character.
0: Yeah, I would say that uh, my character that I put on TV is definitely just me turned up a little bit. Um, okay, yeah, <laughs> For sure. Who did you
1: who did you work with to develop that? I mean, is there are there are there specific go to people that you have uh, down down in Florida that that work on that kind of stuff with you?
0: No, um you kind of I kind of just figured out figured it out on my own, I guess. I had a couple like inspirations for my character. Um I had like Sharpe Evans from High School Musical. I don't know if you're aware of who that is.
3: <laughs> I might be a little before my time. Just a little before my time. <laughs> or after, I guess, all right?
0: Yeah, after your time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely your time, definitely.
0: <laughs> and then Paris Hilton. I like I love Paris Hilton. I think she's an icon um so she's had a lot of like inspiration to my character um but for the most part you kind of just um you know work on your own character and you'll have matches and stuff in the pc and you can kind of you know try your character moments in there and stuff like that so yeah
1: when did you figure out you could pull off the triple jump moonsault was that (laughs) did that just come naturally to you or is that is that something you had to work for
0: No, it just kind of like I just did it one day and um, it just worked out. And then I didn't make it my finish for a while. I thought uh, I went away for a little bit and I thought like I need to, you know, come up with a new finisher. Um, And I was like, might as well just make that my finish.
3: Tiff, uh, this this swan tom bomb you you pulled off on Becky Lynch last week. We've seen millions of them throughout the years. I promise you it's in the top 1% of one of the best swan times I've ever seen in the same vein of the, the, the triple jump moonsault that you learned. Um, how did you know you could do that? <laughs>
0: right. Well, I was a trampoline gymnast, like my entire life. So right. I like know how to have like good airtime. I'm, I have like good air awareness. Um, so I feel like doing things off the top rope just comes very natural to me. And I feel like I have to somehow incorporate into my wrestling because that's my background was yeah. trampoline. So I kind of was just like, I don't know. I just tried it one day and I, you know, added a little bit of flair to it. Like I would make my legs super straight, like how exactly I would do it on the trampoline. Like those yeah. are both skills I actually used to do in my routines in the trampoline engine gymnastics. So it just kind of like came natural to me.
3: I mean, it's the Swanton bomb is, and I I hate to keep harping on this. It's such, it's a move that so many people use. And for you to kind of come in and I I don't think I'm being hyperbolic at all by saying this, but having one of the most perfect looking Swanton's you could see like straight out of a video game, like... You don't get anything from anybody that's like, yo, how is this person so good at this so quickly? Like, it, it doesn't frustrate people a little bit when, when you know, you guys are training together or anything like that?
0: <laughs> oh, trust me. It does. <laughs> you know, get me started. Um, of course, people are going to be jealous, but, you know, some people just are naturally better at other things than other people. And, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: When you look around... The rest of the folks that are in NXT right now, um, I mean, as someone who is pretty clearly pegged for you know moving up or just you know they've they've got your name written down for a future member of the main roster. Who who a, as a fan excites you the most about the other people that are in NXT? Who are, who, are, who are the people that you look at and you're like, yeah, they're going to be at WrestleMania with me?
0: I think there's a couple couple girls down in NXT. I definitely think um, Lyra Valkyria is one of them. I think she brings a lot to the table. She. Is very like she's very different. I feel like you know, with her being from Ireland and she is a great wrestler, um, I definitely feel like she'll be at WrestleMania one day. And I also think Lash Legend, I think she has a huge upside. Um, she is so athletic, she's tall, she's beautiful. I think she brings a lot to the table as well.
3: Uh, I'd be remiss to ask one of the biggest stories in the wrestling right now, uh involves an an incoming superstar uh, jade cargill who is one of the longest reigning champions in pro wrestling uh has had a lot of buzz it's been a long time since we've heard or seen a free agent with this sort of buzz uh possibly coming to the wwe i guess the question i have for you is uh what are your thoughts on her have you seen her wrestle are you looking forward to possibly facing off with her coming up pretty soon uh what are your
0: thoughts yeah, I don't know a ton of stuff about her. Um, but I think if she's interested, like bring her on in. I feel like I'll I'll wrestle anybody. Anybody who wants to, you know, be in the ring with Tiffany Stratton, let's go. Uh
1: I know that a challenge has been issued for a rematch between between you and Becky Lynch. Um what is it? What what are your travel plans look like for the next few months? Do you think you're going to be moving around on the road more or are you going to be <laughs> spending more time, more time in, in Florida?
0: Ah, uh, you know, I have no idea, but I really hope I'm going to be, you know, traveling more and being on those uh, road loops with Ron Smackdown. I will be on them this weekend, Saturday and Sunday in California. So I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, I love it all. Like, I love how much I've been wrestling lately. I feel like I've, like I said, I've learned so much within just a couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, I hope to be traveling more.
3: Uh, a, a few weeks ago, uh, we guessed, I did a guest spot on The Bump. You were also on The Bump as well. And you caused a lot of commotion when you were talking about s- sort of music you listen to. And he said something. And he said, you know, sometimes I like to listen to heavy metal. Like I think, what was it, Nickelback or something? He said, was it Nickelback that he said? And throughout that entire conversation, the most people were so pissed that you called Nickelback heavy metal. Would you like to? Would you like to retract that statement? Would you like to elaborate on it just a little bit?
0: <laughs> so my dad is actually in a Kiss cover band, so. I kind of grew up with like that old school rock music. So, and I'm really bad when it comes to like naming bands. Like if I like a song, I will just listen to the song and not even know who wrote it, who is singing it. So I feel like when I say heavy metal, I mean a whole different kind of like every single kind of genre is just heavy metal to me. But I will name a couple of a couple of bands that I do listen to: um, Metallica, okay, Sister, um, Pantera, um, Shine Down, Three Days Grace.
3: Gotcha. All right that that's a that's a, that's a way to save face. Those are four or five bands that'll make people forget about Nickelback. I had to, I had to look at you two times. I'm not even the biggest heavy metal dude. I was like Nickelback <laughs> word. All right, but oh man funny funny funny
1: your dad's in a kiss cover band yes was he a fan of the kiss demon do you know there was a wrestler that was a that called the kiss demon back in the early 2000s
0: i didn't but i'm gonna have to tell him
1: it was a it was a weird moment in wcw history but wwe owns the tapes, so you can go back and watch that anytime <laughs> you want
0: i'm gonna definitely like send him the link to that <laughs>
1: Um, well, that's really awesome. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for doing this with us. Uh, we really appreciate your time. And, um, you know, as someone who has been on, you know, the bandwagon for a long time, I'm very excited about everything that's happening right now. You can now, take a so. victory
3: lap, Dave. You are early. He called it early. We used to, so we do this thing on the show called like rockets or whatever. We give rockets to people where we think are about to take off uh, in the next few months, years, whatever. And you were one of the first early rockets that Dave gave several, several months back. So take your victory lap, Dave. Things are, things are looking up. So,
1: so Yeah, some things, some things are just obvious. Thank goodness it's all working out in my favor. But I'm more happy for you than I am for me. So <laughs> congratulations on all your success. And, and uh, thanks again for doing this.
0: Thank
1: you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Tiffany Stratton for coming on the show. Uh, Kaz, you want to get your plugs in on the way out the door?
3: Yes, sir. Catch me on accountant, points bet slash fanatics. Every uh, time you listen to the app, Tuesdays and Thursdays, check us out. Um, Man, I don't have much to pull. Oh, say less. We're coming back. October 1st. We have a date. Come check us out. New podcast, myself, low-key Rosie, folks that love our music takes, our all that type of stuff. We are back. We are coming. Can't wait to have you guys see the new look, the new feel of the show. And um, that's all I got, man. That's all I got this week. Just to all the folks out there that got uh let go today, keep your head up. Uh every ending's a new beginning. And I uh, hope you all land on your feet, man, especially the folks that I've had the opportunities to know over the years and, and uh, work with in the past. Uh, you're going to be all right, man. It only starts from here. You're going to be all right.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, we talk about this stuff sort of flippantly, like it's business, like it's fantasy booking, like whatever. But I hope that every wrestler uh, who we've talked about today and I hope all, every wrestler just in general knows that, like, you are my idol. You know, you're all of our idols. Everything that you give to us like every day on TV, off TV, whatever, it's it's impossible to talk about, you know? And and I and yeah, things will everything will be fine. There's a lot of opportunities out there. Um but just thank you for everything that you do. Uh you can find me here, you can find me on the press box. You can see me very briefly on the Netflix series The Wrestlers. Um, be sure to listen to all the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. This one, Wednesday Worldwide. Uh, and, of course, chi Pete. Um, thank you, as always, to our producer, John Kerma. Thank you to Ben Cruz and Brian Waters for sitting in the background here today, chiming in. Um, thank you all for listening to the show. Until next week, and hopefully we won't have, you know, any more sad things to talk about. Probably we will. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. Get well soon, champ. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids.
2: This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.